1: is an actor, now retired. As an actor, Pop would do voiceovers, modeling, stage work, a bit of soap operas, other film work, and the occasional striking oil of working actors, a national commercial. So throughout my childhood, teen, adult years, all of our family and friends would periodically see my dad's face regularly on TV. And when that happened, whatever tagline there was at the heart of the commercial would come back to haunt all of us. (laughs) So at one point, when I was in high school I think it was, it was this one. The commercial begins with a woman a mother on screen who's seen doing all of these caring small things for her family. She's putting ties in her daughter's ponytails and she's picking up the boy, her son we assume, from school on time and finally one day she brings home white cloud toilet paper. Do you remember this one, anybody? And the jingle, the tagline was, little things mean a lot. (laughs) Which meant that for years, when someone would do something small and get thanked for it in our household, you could take bets on whether someone else would feel moved to sing, little things mean a lot. (laughs) And they do. The truth is, anything we appreciate that we are grateful for that prompts the feeling of gratitude means a lot. Gratitude is this powerful emotion that sages and psalms of praise and all the wisdom traditions have called us to, often and especially around our relationship to God, but more generally, Also, gratitude with the gorgeous humility and reciprocity that it calls out of us. But gratitude, besides doing all of this miraculous reordering of the soul, also has all kinds of other effects on us. Brene Brown in her book Atlas of the Heart has this to say about gratitude. There is overwhelming evidence that gratitude is good for us physically, emotionally, and mentally. There is research that shows that gratitude is correlated with better sleep, increased creativity, decreased entitlement, decreased hostility and aggression, increased decision-making skills, decreased blood pressure, and the list goes on. Robert Emmons, a professor of psychology at the University of California, Davis, is a kind of expert on gratitude. He notes how apparently most positive emotions, pleasure, delight, wear off pretty quickly for us, but how gratitude seems to work differently. It seems to result in us getting more joy out of life overall. It changes our perspective and our relationship to everything. Instead of adapting to goodness, Emmons writes, with gratitude, we celebrate goodness wherever we find it. Which made me think about a vacation that we took as a family years ago. It was at a time before the cameras on our phones got so good that we actually, most of us, except for Galen maybe, left our other cameras behind And our daughter at the time was old enough that she asked for and got a digital camera, small digital camera for Christmas, and she brought it on the vacation that we took that winter. So the year before when she was, I'm guessing, maybe about 10 or nine, Lila had begun to get grumpy on family vacations and bored with them. It was as if little on that vacation the year before, I remember, rated as interesting or worthy of her energy or attention, more so than ever before, and that was a drag for her, clearly, but also for us. But this next vacation, the one where she had this camera, she was suddenly alive to everything she encountered, everything seemed like it was something possibly worthy to be framed and captured. At least she scanned the world now with this particular new perspective. Now, rather than bored, she was looking around as if she's waiting to be surprised by something gorgeous or remarkable wherever we went, or even just bleak, stark things so that she could capture their bleak starkness to share with us. And mind you, the quality of our family trips had not changed. Our vacation was not any better or more extraordinary that year. It was her perception that had tilted. Looking for the remarkable, you might say, as is so often the case, she found it everywhere. which is how gratitude works. It reminds me of the love poem by Roy Croft that actually we did at Marty, said at Marty and Linda's wedding. Where are you, Marty and Linda? There you go, the back. Where Croft writes, I love you, as part of the poem, I love you for putting your hand into my heaped up heart and passing over all of the foolish, weak things that you can't help dimly seeing there and for drawing out into the light all the beautiful belongings that no one else had looked quite far enough to find. Gratitude is like love in that poem. It is this perspective that looks past the things that are hard and disappoint us, finding instead all that's worth drawing out into the light. It's the lens that we choose to see the world through that doesn't change the world, but changes everything about our relationship to it. And in so doing, changes us. Which is to observe that gratitude starts to look in this description and understanding of how it works less like a feeling than i think many of us thought and more more essentially like a doing like the small child putting the camera to her eye like the way we walk through the world it's cultivating the lover's eye perspective which frankly like any lover, can sometimes get dulled to the extraordinariness of what is in front of them every day and needs to be reawakened to it. And so gratitude is one of those things, like Paul Tillich's description of grace, that changes nothing but changes everything. Gratitude, for instance, doesn't take away life's disappointments or the lack of certainty we have about life, or the heartbreak we might be carrying. In fact, Professor Emmons has on his website the results of a study. He writes, a daily gratitude intervention, self-guided exercises with young adults resulted in higher reported levels of the positive states of alertness, enthusiasm, determination, attentiveness, and energy compared to a focus on hassles or downward social comparison, parens, ways in which participants thought they were better than others. Yet here is the kicker in the last sentence of his summary. There was no difference in levels of unpleasant emotions reported in the groups. Meaning all the participants felt the same hard, unpleasant, sad, fill-in-the-blank, negative emotions. But a gratitude intervention, as he calls it, somehow added something to the mix that made the participants rise above all the hard stuff to places of greater enthusiasm and attentiveness and all the other things he mentions. And it's worth saying, too, that gratitude won't make the inequities or the structural evils in our lives or in the world go away. But there are those who are working for social justice in our world, like um, Adrienne Marie Brown, among others, who increasingly speak about the gospel of cultivating things like joy and gratitude in our lives as vital to keeping us in this work of transforming the inequities and the wrongs. That for the long haul, emotions like righteous anger or sheer white-knuckled determination will not sustain us in this work, in this life and its most important work. And so cultivating gratitude is about, yes, self-care and self-cultivation and self-love. For all the reasons and in all the ways that Brene Brown and others point to health, longevity, better sleep. And it's probably also how we will fuel ourselves for the hard, long-term work of loving the world and changing it. So I suppose we all have to decide each of us, which reality we want to have claim our days and what we're willing to do or give up to determine one course over the other. I don't think that we're talking here about adopting some toxic positivity. And we aren't talking about a kind of fake it till you make it game of pretend, because some of us do a lot of that, too much of it already. We're talking about a lasting practice, an intervention, to use the professor's word. Something we take on if we don't already, and I know many of you do, we take on like brushing our teeth or bathing. We make a habit of it because it's so easy to erode the perspective it gives us in the regular wear and tear of life of the kind that Dave talked about. Gratitude, like sleep, works better when we make it a regular part of our days. But how to lay the habit down as you all know, there are journals and ready-made jars that you can write or put your acknowledgements of gratitude in, and there are rituals of prayer and praise, like the Onondaga, Onondaga Prayer of Thanksgiving that I read about actually this week, too, that, that, that um, the community opens with every day, that actually schools open with, that are on um, sovereign land will open with. Instead of the Pledge of Allegiance, they'll open with a prayer, many of them. So there are these rituals that are present and possible. And one way to begin is just to start naming things. And the ones that often come to mind are the big ones like health and loved ones. But if I can say so, I feel like sometimes if we just stay at that level, it can get rote way too soon and lose its power to change us. So I would encourage all of us, if we don't already, to cultivate a practice where we look for the small things. And the more obscure, the better. To make a game of it every day. I asked Wonder Dave to look for the things that he is disproportionately grateful for, given their relative size and importance in the world. And look what gorgeousness he came up with. Look where country music and pro wrestling took his heart. Where does the invitation take yours? So be with me for a moment and I encourage you if you haven't already had some pop quickly into your head. Think about maybe what you are disproportionately grateful for given its size and importance or unimportance in the universe. Maybe something a little silly that you love a lot. I'll get you started. I'll tell you a couple of mine. I'm really grateful that someone created a coffee pot that you can program the night before so that your past self can give your future self a hot cup of coffee right in the morning when you wake up. Like... That is brilliant. And here's another that I am disproportionately wildly in love with. I love those street cleaning machines. I love it that they come down and they scrape and wash all of the gunk out of the street and the whole world looks new once a week. It's like we get a fresh start. I'm literally gonna try and find out where those guys leave from every week and bring them cookies because I'm so in love with them all. What about you? I'll take five because I know there's some people who think we've been asking for lots of participation
0: I would say my dog Kiki's um, uh, the way that she st- snuggles up with me in, in the evening and uh, keeps me warm. Yeah.
1: Cuddling. The flowers that people have in their front yards that I get to enjoy on my walks. Yes.
0: The Beauty of Deep Sea Larva.
1: Whoa, oh, I mean, we don't like winners and losers, but that might be a winner today, Deep Sea Larva. The scratches on our truck door I get into on the passenger side. I know it's my side of the door, the truck. All right. There three or four of them. I love it that you can give thanks for the scratches on your car door. All right, we've got one more. Come on, Oh, Anne, you're making me work for it. I am very grateful for chewy.com. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they always answer the telephone, and if you have to and they, they ship things very fast, and they're reasonable and then if you get something that you can't use, you can donate it. <laughs> Lovely. For virtual private secretaries. Thank you all. I hope we get a commission on this for truly.com. Trudy, what? Oh, Chewy.com, I was gonna go look up this website you were mentioning, okay, Chewy.com, okay. For larvae, for scratches on the door, car doors, for dogs and cuddles in general, what am I missing? And flowers, all those cultivated, curated, tiny little gorgeous gardens in San Francisco. For Bacitracin, that nips lots of things in the bud, for silence that dwells in the heart of an apple like the seeds do, as Mark Bellatini wrote, for dancing however your body can and is willing to, especially in the kitchen, especially unplanned, for that plant in my garage, and my former neighbors, Justin and Jasmine, are here, and they know the one I'm talking about, that pushed up through the concrete and insisted on staying there during COVID, and all that it reminds us of, those plants that insist on pushing through concrete. For all the companions on this grand experiment called life, as Alicia Ford wrote, and not just the easy ones. And yes, what the heck, for white clouds of all kinds, and a jingle that reminds us that little things mean a lot. So bless us all in the act of looking far enough to find everything worth bringing out into the light, learning again and again to see the world with a lover's eye, for the heart of Thanksgiving that takes root in us, and how all this appreciation changes us by the mystery of the universe's strange and beautiful workings, how it changes us, and how all of this makes us all a little better equipped to ease the tide of human suffering wherever we go. For all this and more, we give thanks. Amen.
0: Amidst the chaos of the world in recent years, it has been difficult for me to feel grateful. I have a roof over my head, a reliable vehicle, a good relationship with a man I care deeply for. And though I recently lost my job, I still benefit from a social safety net. I am arguably doing better than I ever have by most measures. Inside me, though, I feel a rage and a sadness, two emotions strapped together, pulling away and jolting towards each other. The world seems to mirror the feelings inside me, making it difficult to notice the good things. As fall gives way to winter, though it is harder to tell the difference between those things here in San Francisco than it was back home in Minnesota, Humans seem to be called to reflect on gratitude. Amidst a world that is, at times, literally on fire, I struggle to do this. There are small healings happening, though. In my own life, I have found them in unexpected places. Growing up gay in a Midwestern farm country, I knew that I was different. I planned to move to a big city to make a go of things as an entertainer. And while there were things about the small town that left me deeply wounded, there are things I remember fondly. The wide open spaces that let my imagination run free. The trees along the Mississippi River, turning their leaves from greens to blaze oranges, warm yellows, and vibrant reds. The friends I would sneak out into the woods to party with. I even liked the country music soundtrack that so often accompanied the gravel roads I grew up on. As I write this, I was listening to a Spotify playlist of LGBTQ country musicians I created called Cowboy Make Me A Gay. (laughs) And I feel a small wound inside me healing, knowing I was not alone after all, that there were other kids like me out there and now they are singing openly about their lives in a genre where honestly I never expected it to happen. I have been stitching together my youth with where I am now more and more as the years go by. For instance, when I was a kid, I would watch wrestling, cheering as the macho man Randy Savage entered the ring in his spectacular regalia, being all, ooh, brother. Today, as an adult, I frequently work as a pro wrestling commentator. Uh, My first (laughs) in-person gig outside the Bay Area after the lockdown in 2020 happened as the world began to open a bit more in 2021 in Las Vegas, Nevada, which was a drastic change of pace, Uh, and it was at an all LGBTQ plus pro wrestling show. This healed something inside me as well, proving that in an athletic spectacle that praised being a macho man, albeit one with a lot of sequins, there was a place for people like me. These spaces, exist because we make them. Because people put in the work to stitch together the world that they want. The poet Andrea Gibson writes in their poem, Yellow Bird, Picasso said he'd paint with his own wet tongue on the dusty floor of a jail cell if he had to. We have to create. It is the only thing louder than destruction. It is the only chance the bars are going to break. Our hands full of color reaching towards the sky, a brush stroke in the dark. It is not too late. That starry night is not yet dry. So today, that is what I am grateful for. The music, the athletic spectacle, the poems, the people doing the slow work of creating a world we can all live in. Thank you.